Hello guys, welcome back to Relax Habibi, where the empty bottles are filled with stories. Let's get to the intro. Yes! How's, uh, how's Lelaine's serve? Uh, good. It's, it's good. good. With, with the, with the, um, the COVID and all that, um, the, everybody started surfing. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, it, it's like all the gyms are closed down, all the parks are closed down. Um, friend of, friend <laughs> I mean, you know, the beaches. Um, I was I was uh, talking with one of my young customers, uh-huh. and, and um, he was talking about uh, you know Tulsi Gabbard and Bernie Sanders, and I go, dude, stop, stop. <laughs> oh, what do you mean? I said, hey, those people are socialists. And yeah. he goes, he goes, oh yeah, but no. I said, no, 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 dude. <laughs> you don't understand. You know what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. So, so I, I go, I go. Look, that, yeah, the government gives you money, but then they call the shots, right? You're, you're no longer in charge of your own life, right? right. And the rights that you have, right, that you take for granted, are gone, vaporized. And I told them, I said, there's no surfing under socialism dude <laughs> and, and right so this is so, before yeah. the covid right ahead, yeah. this is before the covid right and he, he goes but but so so shortly thereafter this virus hits and the surfing's closed <laughs> you know oh, what I'm I, said, I wish i would have never said that you know like <laughs> they close the beaches How i was right there's no surfing under <laughs> so so anyways it's pretty funny but but then they open the beaches back up, and uh, after a while, yeah. My God, they, they the, the the industry is on its head. It's um, booming. One, huh? one guy's got a two year wait for his boards. A two year wait. My two God, year wait. Man. Yeah, that's how gnarly it is. And the supply lines from China have been cut off. Yes. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. It, it so, so I mean, off, not yeah. not all of them, but a, a lot of the factories that you know were pumping their stuff in here, um. You know, we're up. Uh, you know, closed down. So yeah. scarcity yeah. is the uh, is that the word one of the ship. day, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah, there's there's that one ship that got uh that came from China with a bunch of ships and uh, it got stuck in the middle. <laughs> I know. Uh, I got footage that? of that. I filmed. I filmed the line. I was in Newport. Yeah. And uh, visiting a friend of mine, and uh, I filmed the line. You could see him. You know, all lining up to wait to get checked in, right? Yeah. Jeez, you were there. Yeah, <laughs> nuts. You know, we don't understand how, how um, you know, in the grand scheme of things, right? Like, like what a life we all live, right? We have access to everything, right? And, and um, like a friend of mine uh, came down from Canada mm-hmm. and it, you know, he was visiting us in Hawaii because that's where I, I live now. I used to okay. live in Malibu, but um, but and it, it, our 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 markets are not that great. You know, the mainland markets are great, and she we couldn't get her out of there because in Canada they don't have like at least where they're from all the stuff, all the products we have down here. 
you know, and she was freaking out. Oh my God, there's so much stuff here in America, right? Like, because they just don't, they have limited, you know, brands. It's very different from, yeah. Yeah. It's like the products here in Europe, you know? Yeah, exactly. God, Australia's got great products. Yeah. (laughs) They got cool stuff, man. Um, But every, every country's got its own, you know. They have different cars down there. Yeah, yeah, they have uh, they have very <laughs> very different cars down there. Um, don't they? Don't they? They. I'm yeah. sorry, but man, it's the very, Australians yeah. have cooler looking cars. That's what I'm like, saying, we, man. We've got frumpy cars, yeah. man. Our cars are frumpy. I don't like them. <laughs> Our cars are big. You know, the the cars in Europe are are much smaller. I was uh, I was in Spain and I was very surprised. Like the the parking spots much much smaller than the ones here <laughs> really yeah yeah, yeah. everything's bigger in america yeah <laughs> right? you, you should see my titan in hawaii it's lifted six i'm, I'm like a full-on redneck dude i've got you know the the four by four the v8 engine and it. it's a I japanese car right but i mean it goes it, we take it everywhere man we, yeah. we go out to the tip of the island and that thing mows over just about any kind of terrain you can you know imagine it's freaking awesome oh, yeah. but but the lines, like you said, like in Spain and in Europe, the cars, they got better body styles. You know, they're a little sleek or a little more flair yeah, to them, yeah. you know? Yeah, it's they're smaller. I like them. <laughs> yeah, more maneuverable, definitely. Yeah, definitely more of, maneuverable. Uh, yeah. I've, I really, really wanted to ask you um, about your father, a big, big figure. And uh, I have a couple of questions, man. I have a couple of questions. Okay. Yeah, he, uh, he he invented uh, the selector, the leg extension, and you know, like, were you were you there? Were you, um, you know, did you see him um, go through this process? And um, how like how? Yes, how yes. So so my my dad was, um, and and a lot of your listeners know the Bragg's products. Um, yeah. you know, you know, the, the amino acids and the, and the, yeah, the, the apple the, cider vinegar. Yeah. And so my dad was a sickly kid. They, they, you know, like his, his mother, they, they, they came off the boat from France, mm-hmm. you know, okay. and so that's, the, they that, went, that's where he they went, came they, from. They went through the San Francisco earthquake Okay. and they had to get out of town and they got our ranch in Santa Rosa. Mm. Okay. And my dad had a diet of cakes and pies and candies. And he got so sick, he was, you know, always getting beat up in school. He had pimples, boils, and he got this thing called a mastoid, which is this pus in your ear, and his ear was so swollen, you couldn't even breathe on it. He was going insane. So they tried everything to, you know, to cure him and right. do all this stuff. And they took him to a Paul Bragg seminar, which is Patricia Bragg's father. And he was preaching health and fitness and, and natural foods and exercise in the 30s, very early 30s, Yeah. right? And so they took him to the event, and it changed my dad's life. And when my dad was 15 years old, he, he switched his diet. He started working out with weights. That's what he went down to the YMCA. Mm-hmm. And, you know, these bullies used to pick on him, you know? And when my dad started working out, um, you know, there's a story of the St. Mary's basketball team. Uh, you know, they all followed him into the bathroom to, you know, pick on him and bully him. And my dad walked out alone. What a, yeah. 
he beat them all up. Oh, you know? man. <laughs> so, my man. Right? So he, my dad walked out alone. <laughs> Five guys walk in to beat him up, and he walked out alone, right? Like Bruce Lee said, you know, I'm not stuck in the room with yeah. you. You're stuck, You're in, stuck the room in the room with, with me. me. <laughs> right? Yeah. So, wow. uh, but but so so after that, my dad started a gym, and what what his contribution was back in those days, the gyms were sweat boxes. They were dirty and disgusting. And my dad was the first guy to put mirrors and carpeting and plants in the gyms and make them nice. He reinvented right? the whole system, right? Right. And then he started um, designing um, exercise equipment to to get more ergonomically correct. Right. And then the the big part is is that he got women working out. Mm-hmm. Right. So the women like he, he he didn't have any business. Clint Eastwood was one of his uh, customers up in the Bay Area. Okay. And uh, and so um, you know my dad, you know, business was okay, but he went to the schools and he told the parents he goes, hey, I can take your skinny kid. And I'll add 50 pounds to them or your money back. Or I'll take your fat kid and I'll drop 50 pounds and I'll add muscle. And then they started to see, the parents started to see the results with the kids. And then the mom would go, hey, Jack, you know, can you take me at four in the morning? But don't tell anybody I'm going to the gym, right? Because that was kind of taboo in the day, right? Women going to the gym, right? They didn't want anybody to know. But the women started working out and getting in shape and getting their figure um you know, back in, uh, back in line. Right. Yeah. And, um, he, he, he just influenced so many people. Yeah, and then he, he, inspired he was him, asked, man. he was asked to do a thousand pushups and a thousand sit-ups on a television show. Ooh. Okay. Oh, yeah. And he did thousand pushups, thousand sit-ups to the Guinness book of world records, um, through this show. And, um, I guess somebody saw him and they, they, they got him on television. Right. And, uh, there was a sponsor um, mm. that had him for the first year, and the show went over so well, but the sponsor pulled out. And so my dad had to start to invent products to keep himself on the air, right? I he self, self-funded yeah. his television show for 30, 34 wow. years. Yeah, that, that's how... Right. Isn't, isn't that how the, you know, the Smith uh, machine was created, you know? And um, he, he brought it, you know, he brought it into life. Um, right, was, and the leg yeah. extension machine, which yeah, all the, the players yeah. rehab on, he, yeah. he busted his knee his senior year in, in high school on the football team. And, you know, they said he'd never walk again, and he'd never be able to do a full squat, and he invented the leg machine to rehab himself. So you know? during, so he actually did this to, you know, help himself out, but it turned out to be, you know, the whole world using it because it was such a great product, that uh, such a great machine that he created. Yeah, wow. and the guys from Nautilus came Gosh. up to me. My mom got inducted into the uh, Fitness Hall of Fame, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. and and uh, the guy from Nautilus comes up to me, puts his hand on his back, and he goes, Well, John, you know, we love your daddy. He made us a lot of money with <laughs> his inventions, right? Because my dad never patented anything, you know? He just wanted to invent stuff. And, yeah. you know, he, you know. It was like just, a hobby to him? What's that? Did, did he love it more like a hobby to him? No, but it was just, it was his life, you know, yeah. his gym, his show, his business. Um, he wasn't a great businessman. You know, it wasn't until later on when we got people that knew about business. Um, like, things really started to kick off in the 70s, you know. My dad's show ran through the 50s and the 60s, 
and he got a name for himself. And then we started in with the Hell Spa. And the, the platform you see for the modern Hell Spa comes from my dad's um, formula. Wow. You know? Yeah. We used to have juice bars and saunas and swimming pools and locker rooms. And, you know, like we, the first, and then, you know, it was very nice inside. Right. It was, a, it was a place, you know, just just like 24 hour fitness. Yeah. You know, but but the problem was we sold too many lifetime memberships. So we were kind of the guinea pig. Right. And shortly mm, yeah. a- after that, because you sell so many lifetime memberships, you run out of capital. Right. Eventually, so. Yeah. So shortly thereafter, that um, establishments like curbs and um, Bali's started to take the money out of your account monthly. So they had a, a steady stream of revenue coming through, right? right? So they would debit your check-in. I've worked, I've worked at Lifetime Fitness, I've worked at EOS Fitness, and I, I was the guy, you know, introducing the customers, you know, buy this plan and we'll do this, and Lifetime, and, and they, they add up, man, they eventually add up. Yeah, because you run out of Lifetimers, right? Yeah. I, mean, they, I mean, the steady stream comes in in the beginning, but then, you know, yeah then these people are using your gym and the money's all gone and no one's paying, but they're using the, they're using the equipment. And, you know, like, unless you manage that money well, right. The lifetime memberships, I joined up for a, a computer support system. I bought Photoshop and illustrator and they go, you've got a lifetime membership, right? It was in India, right? These Indian, those Indian dudes are sharp. They're smart dudes. Yeah. Um, but but I had a lifetime membership with them. You now you got a lifetime thing, and you know eight years later the whole thing fell apart, right? And then you find yourself paying again, right? Because yeah. it, it just doesn't work. Yeah. So we're like the guinea pig. We're the guinea pig for for um you know the 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 modern um format for but, health clubs. Yeah, but you know you were also the main focus of everything. You know. Right. Yeah. Right. And you um, know, mom and dad invented protein powder. Oh yeah, um, I was just gonna. You ask know, you like about it that. was a trip yeah. because okay, so there, my dad's got his show, and, and my mom and dad are up in San Francisco, um, and they were going. Well, we want to make something you can just chug down in the morning, and you know, just get on with your day, mm-hmm. right? And with you need protein, protein after you work yeah. out, and so they made this powder, and then shortly thereafter they moved to Hollywood. Okay, in the very early '60s, that's when I was born. I was born and raised in Hollywood, California. Yeah, no. And they 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 um they came out with this product called Instant Breakfast. Okay, and you know Carnation has their Instant Breakfast, but we were selling them. Yeah, and it was going really well, but then the FDA can't comes along, and they go, "Well, you can't claim it replaces a meal. You can't can't include an exercise booklet. You can't make these claims." So we had to pull all of our instant breakfast from the shelves. Okay, you had to take all so, of them out, all of it down. And, and yeah. shortly thereafter, Carnation yeah. comes out with their instant breakfast. Well, we took our instant breakfast to Carnation to get instantized. Our competitors, man. Right. <laughs> so, so they come out with their own instant breakfast, and so we're like, hey, wait a minute, that's our invention, that's yeah. our product. So. To make a long story short, we a court case ensued, and foremost milk came to our kind of defense, saying that they we were making it first, and we got a good settlement from them. And so my dad just changed the name of the thing, and 
The judge ruled that anybody could use instant breakfast. Man, they are cheap. Right. <laughs> they are cheap. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I've always wondered if the FDA and Carnation were working hand in hand. Yeah, you know that kind of sounds right? like it. <laughs> I, mean, I wouldn't put it past them. Right? <laughs> oh, shit. A little conspiracy. So, oh, my God. Sorry. I, I don't want to swear on your show. Oh, no. Go but, ahead, uh, man. man. That's okay. You. Yeah. No worries. Oh, I uh, I also had a, something I also wanted to ask you. He swam in the 80s. From uh, Alcatraz to shore, right? Uh, yeah, cuffed, so, also so here's the deal. So when yeah. my dad had his gym in, in Oakland, in Oakland, San Francisco, up yeah. in the Bay Area, right? Um, my dad did a publicity stunt, right, to get people to come to the gym. And he goes, well, look, you know, this is right around the time that those guys escaped from Alcatraz prison. Remember that movie, Escape from Alcatraz? Uh, yeah, the that. prisoners <laughs> got in the boat, and they, yeah. right? They never found them. So my dad goes, hey, if these guys were in shape, they could have survived that swim, and they could be free right now. Okay. And I'm going to prove it. So my dad throws on handcuffs, right? And movie it's on movie real news. It made, yeah. the, you know, news all around the country, if not the world. So my dad puts on handcuffs and swims handcuffs, handcuffed from Alcatraz to the mainland, Right? Yeah. With no wetsuit, right? Just hops in the water in Speedos and swims, and it was a big deal, right? And he did that when he was 40-something. And Yeah, he proved it. Right? And then, 20 years later, he does the same swim again, okay, to say, hey, I've, I've gotten stronger. I'm 60 now. I've gotten birthday, stronger. Yeah. Check this out. <laughs> so he, he ties his feet and his hands, wow. right, and does this dolphin kick, towing the boat. Thousand pound boat, so man. he ups himself. He so ups super, the game. Yeah, yeah. Superman, and he yeah. was training in ice baths. He was taking you know baths and ice cubes and all this yeah. stuff. And then when the day came, man, it was a cold morning in October. I'm telling you. His and my my dad crazy. jumped in that water and he made the swing. He almost you know he almost didn't make it, but he made it to the mainland. I mean, he was so like. You know, he, he didn't have any muscle control in his stomach. He had like almost a pot belly, which is out of character for him. But I mean, he it was cold, but he made the swim. He did. And it, it just it just went Richter. Yeah. Yeah. That was an amazing thing. And then when he turned 70, he finally wore a wetsuit, you know, like, hey, I'm 70. I proved my point. Right. <laughs> but he cho he towed he towed 70 boats with 70 people for two miles alongside the Queen Mary in Long Beach. And that was a big one. That that was a big, big feat. It was all over the news. And, mm -hmm. um, the boats got wrapped around the bridge, the bridge piling, you know? I and, see it. I'm, I'm looking at the pictures. It's crazy, yeah, man, how he's yeah. doing and, it. And, and it almost, he almost didn't make it. And if, if he didn't make it, it would have been a big flop, you know? Like, the, you know what I'm saying? It would have been a disaster. For yeah. But, yeah. but they unraveled the boats and he, he finished the swim even with the tide coming in. Right, so yeah. he finished the whole feat, and, and my mom goes, "You do another feat, we're divorced." <laughs> you know, <laughs> we're done. So, so, and so how, that, that's how, long how that was worked that out. I but think, then, um, then the juicer came, and you know, like he he's had a good life, man. I mean, it's been up and down, you know. Like you know, my dad, it, it, like he started from nothing, you know. Like they, they were sheep farmers from Santa Rosa, you know. I I, and, I respect that. He see he started from nothing, created his powder, and he he was inspired from at a very 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 early age, and um, 
you know, from from 15 to get inspired like that, and then to go through bullies, and uh, that that sticks with you, man. And um, that's that that's very purposeful yeah. life. You know, though, but let me tell you something about bullying. I I come from a surfing background. I mean, here's here's what I see and I understand about bullying. Tell me, is that all the people I know that were bullied in school become millionaires? Right, it, it gives you a way to get out of the problem. You know, like mm-hmm. okay, so you're getting bullied. You got a problem, so you got to figure out how to get around the problem. All right, you develop a sense of humor. You develop defense mechanisms. You develop smarts. You develop. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's almost like a rite of passage. Right. I mean, when I when I learned to surf, I paddled out to Third Point Malibu. Mm-hmm. And I got in some guy's way. He screamed at me. He goes, don't ever come back here unless you learn to surf. Get the fuck out of the water right now. Oh well, you know what God, I did? <laughs> I, I had the bejesus scared out of me, you know? Okay. And I went down to the beginner beach, and I busted my ass to get good so I didn't get bullied again. You know, it, it, made, me, it made me better. Right? It pushed me to get better. That's the right attitude. Yeah. You know what That's I'm saying? Yeah. This whole bullying thing is, is it, I know it can get really bad, but then that becomes a crime. Right? If, if you're, if, if, you know, people are, are assaulting you or beating you up or whatever, most of the time, hey, we'll learn to fight. Yeah. You know, yeah. don't don't, and you tell on them. Oh, and then you you know get them arrested. Well, then what good did that do you? What did you learn from that? <laughs> Nothing. What yes. to, to tell on people? Yeah. You know, you know what I'm saying? It's like, you know, we all have to go through it. It develops character. You know, that, that's that's my experience. You know, I, um, with it. yeah, it's I, been a rite of passage since the beginning of time. No, I, I and now, yeah, yeah, now all of a sudden we we don't get bullied. You know, like. That's that's just. I think you understand where I'm coming from. No, of course, you know, of course I do. But you know, what I'm saying is, do you think um, like bullying, like do you think bullying could be stopped, or is it just like a part of a like a I don't know human development? I guess it's 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 part of life, man. It's part of life. Yeah, you just have to learn how to deal with it. So if you don't if you don't learn to deal with bullies in school, how are you going to learn to deal with bullies in the real world? Oh, yeah. That's they what school's all about, world. man. Yeah. Developing the skills you need to go through life with. Yeah, I was. You know? um, I, yeah, I, I remember at an early age, I was. I went to the school in Jordan. Yeah, Jordan it was. And, oh wow! Um, wow! Yeah, wow! All the way there, man. And I really enjoyed the game of soccer. I didn't. I didn't know how to play it much, but I wanted to play. So I played just with friends, and then I joined the school's team. Uh, tried out, made it, and then uh, I don't know, just a couple of boys guess didn't like me, you know. One morning, uh, just you know, bullied me into a corner and just beat the shit out of me. And then, um, yeah, no, I'm serious. But that, it, 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 like, I couldn't do anything because it was just too many guys there. So right. it, it got to me that I was like, okay, you know what? I, I'm just, I'm gonna, like, I'm gonna be so good. I'm gonna be so good. You're probably gonna right. have to kill me. <laughs> 
great. Yeah. And you've got good. Now you're teaching soccer. Yeah, no, I, I'm coaching. Yeah. So. Right. Yeah. So, so you've got you you've got firsthand experience with it as well. Yeah, and that you stuck know, with me. That, there was a guy, moment. Joel Tudor. He was a real kind of like, um, kind of a uh, real um, like uh, he's a, he was a longboard. Okay. okay? He, he, he's a very famous longboarder, Joel Tudor. Okay, he's he's amazing. Yeah, uh, T U D O R. Okay. J O E L. Oh, I see him. Yeah. Okay, so he went to Hawaii. You talk about bullying. You go to Hawaii. Mm -hmm. They don't they don't understand anti-bullying laws over there, right? So these locals on the North Shore beat the crap out of him. You know, wow. and right. he said from that moment on, never again. He went and took martial arts, and now they call him Joel Jitsu. Joel you know? Jitsu. Yeah, because no one messes with this guy now. He's a freaking full-on black belt Machine. martial artist. Yeah. You know, if he would have never gotten beaten up, he would never know his martial arts. Hmm. You know, people sit back and they complain and they, oh, well, you know, they're always making an excuse, you know. And these are the people you always want to get out of your life. You got that friend that's always borrowing money. It's always someone else's always fault, negative, and, yeah. right? You know the you know the drill, yeah, right? Yeah. And you know what they don't. You know what they need. Oh well, they're just disenfranchised, and they're this. No, they need a kick in the ass. <laughs> yeah, and grow you know what I'm up. saying like a slap upside the head, a kick in the ass. You know. To, to, to get off and, and take responsibility for yourself. And taste responsibility. Yeah. The ability to respond. Right? Responsibility. The ability to respond. Yeah, I feel right? like that's that's such a huge thing to life. The ability to respond. Because, you know, like when you leave your house, everything you're doing, you're responding to. Right. You know, and Stimuli. Yeah, yeah. And if yeah. you, you know, rethink before, you know, just, just a before you do anything just to think a little bit before you take a, a big action or um, because everything we do on a daily basis you know as you said we're responding to um, and that's a big factor of uh, life of you know not getting sure. bullied, dealing with sure. bullying and yeah it's a, yeah yeah, yeah. And, and you know like <clears throat> you you get get rid of these skills like this this is you know, to me, I don't, I don't want to get too heavy into our conversation, but you know, what, do you mean, skills? what they're what they're doing in our schools is just—it's a sin. You know, like like they're they're they're. I don't think they're teaching history anymore. I don't think they're teaching math. Oh, it's corrupted. It's it's insane, and yeah. so you're not going to put these kids through the gauntlet. Like like when we went to school, we had to learn history, math, geometry, mm -hmm. government. Algebra, um, trig, yeah, Latin, Latin, right? It was tough, right? And then you know I was a terrible student, but it was—I mean, if, if you're not tough on people, you're harming them, yeah, right? Because they're going to lose their ability to respond soft. properly, yeah. right? And to discriminate, right? Discrimination is the ability to decide, right? That's your decision making. To discriminate. Wow. Yeah. What is your opinion? What is your what what is your um, decision based on your experiences, right? We mm -hmm. make decisions. Yeah. 
right? Because so, because you you go through these experiences to make the right decisions, you know. Exactly, yeah. trial and error. Exactly. If you don't fail yeah. a bunch of times, yeah. like people go, oh well, you know, uh, oh, I I always uh, get a kick out of people when they they rip on the rich, you know, like well, you know, no, I I admire, I admire the rich, yeah, I admire yeah. them. I'm gonna emulate them. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to see what they're doing. And most of the time, for some of your listeners, if you see someone who's successful, you pay attention to what they do. And if you're not doing what they do, you better force yourself to do what they do and ask them questions. And they'll be more than glad to answer. Yeah. To give you help. Especially in this day and age. Definitely. You know, emulation. You emulate what the good guys are doing. Yeah. You, know, you want to be good. You want the. You want a good life. Well, it, it doesn't come by sitting on your ass. Nothing does. You know, like everything I've learned to do: my music, my surfing, my shaping. Um, you know, my air spraying, my art. Um, you know, learning to work the computer was all done by making a ton of mistakes, humiliation, frustration. But what does that turn into? The hard road is the most rewarding. That's true. Yeah. Always. Always. The easy road tricks you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Right? And I think you'll attest to that because you didn't get good at soccer. Baby. No, no, not just, no. It, right? It took, it took a while. But t- talking about, you know, uh, how people get down on the rich, uh, I was on Twitter the other day and uh, I saw a tweet that this girl uh, said, um, she, she was just talking down about the millionaire. She said, why don't we take them and why don't we put them in a normal job and see how they deal with it? How, it, like the thought, it's, so, I, like, I don't know, I was so mad. Like, I'm so mad. It's because obviously they figured out, you know, where you were and obviously they've worked hard to be there. So why, like, why do you think they want to be back to where zero but is. Wait, but wait a minute, up. man. A lot of them started at a normal job. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? They, they, I mean, like, half these people um, who, who are tweeting this stuff, I bet you a good 90% of them have never owned a business, run a business, or done yeah. a damn thing to lift themselves up. Exactly. They just want to complain. And it's like, no. You know, you they worked for it. Yeah, you, you, they all worked for it. Man. Yeah, they all and, did. And it, exactly, it's, it's a great, great point. Yeah, uh, baby. You yeah. know, the, no, and, no, and nobody's it's giving like, that. It's like it's it's almost the seven deadly sins. You know, it's jealousy, it's anger, it's it's uh, lethargy or sloth. Yeah, you know, like like you know, you you, you got to get off your ass. It's, it's not the millionaire's it. fault. It's really your good. fault. Yeah. That's one thing my dad taught me. Yeah. It's a tough, tough lesson to learn. Oh, man, this happened and it's because of this. No, you put yourself there. That's what he always tell you. You got yourself here. You did it. That was your choice. It's my fault. Right? And this, this is what I wanted to um, tell younger kids, too. I said, look, man, you got to think before you act. You got to make sure. Yeah. Like, life out of your apartment, if you're lucky enough to get your own apartment, you've got your own world that you're in control of, that you get to decorate, that you get to have the say in. You're the king of your own castle. Excuse me. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> you're the king of your own castle. 
you get to control and steer the ship, right? Every day you go out to work or go out to do whatever, you've got your home base. That's your fort, right? You supplement your fort. You know, you get your food, your whatever. And then you go out and you fight the world, right? Not fight, but, you know, you go participate. Of course. Right? right. And, and, and what you do is that you've got to make sure that you're not going to put yourself in the aforementioned. What we don't put yourself in one of the those situations. And if something bad happens, right? Well, you got to think back to what you did, not to what they did. What you did wrong, right? Once, once again, back to responsibility, mm-hmm. ability to respond. You know, but that tweet is 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 that's that's. They say, oh, you're ignorant and you're a bigot. Well, okay, ignorance is defined as having the information there in front of you and choosing not to look you know, or participate, right? I can, I can Bigotry agree is the you, unwillingness yeah. to listen to the other side of the yeah. argument. So, yeah. you know... <sighs> There's the, the people there's that do that have yeah. no experience. There's a, there's a difference between cocky and being confident. Yes. There's a big, big difference, and a lot of people don't understand that. The other day, um, I was talking with a friend, and I said, I said, if, if I tell you right now that I was the best soccer player in the world and nobody was better than me, would you think I was cocky or do you think I was being <laughs> confident? He said, he said I, I think you're being confident. I said, you know what, this is where you're wrong because I was cocky. Because I said that nobody else was better than me. But if I only told you that I was the best player, that's confidence. But if I told you nobody else was better than me, then I'm being cocky. There's a big difference. That's great. No, that's a great analogy. Yeah. And, and you know, it's the people in surfing. I learned this. I learned so much about life from surfing. Tell me. Because we're, mm-hmm. we're in an environment where we, we, we rule ourselves. It's the law of the jungle. But we have certain code that you don't break. You don't drop in on people. You don't, right? We have a little system. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's always the people who go around, just what you said, to your point, that tell you how great they are all the time. Yeah. Right? Bro, that are the yeah. worst surfers. Right? People going around telling you how great they are, beware. Right? Beware of these people because they're full of shit. The, the, the good people are always humble. Yeah. The people like you, like you, you, you and your soccer, you, you, you're humble about it. I appreciate you know, you that. said you're teaching the kids, right? Yeah. Because you know, Giving back. and I know, you're good. Thank you. Right? That's a still confidence. Yeah. Right? It's the people yammering. He who protesteth too much. Shakespeare. Right? He who accuses someone of something is most likely guilty of that crime himself. Yeah. Wow. Right? So, you know, that, that, it, and it's, it's I, I am, wherever I go, I, I, I just turned 60, but I, I never forgot what it was like to be young. I, I said, when I was young, my, you know, teens and my 20s, and, and especially when I started surfing, don't ever forget this moment because because you're going to have to recall on it to relate to somebody later on. Yeah, you know, all you have is memories. I, I can't believe how incredibly stupid I was when I was young. Why? You know, I, I mean, youth is wasted on the young. I, I, I was just, you know, 
you, you don't get it yet. You know, you, you don't, you don't, you're not beat up enough to get it yet when you're that young. You know, some, some are, not all, right? Mm-hmm. But unless you've gone through the gauntlet and gotten beat down, chewed up, spit out, oh, yeah. you haven't oh, yeah. earned your stripes yet. Yeah. You know, you haven't earned your stripes. And, you know, it's it's called experience, mm-hmm. right? And each time you get chewed up and spit out, right? Each time you go down, you'll get up again. Yeah, and you, yeah, you've yeah. learned another lesson. And each time that happens, you get stronger and stronger. And during yeah. that journey, yeah. right, you don't realize. You don't realize how much you're growing yeah. until that moment comes where um, you finally get it. Yeah, there was... You know? I, I, I can I can really really relate to that at a very very young age John oh my god very young age yeah, it was tell me. Uh, it tell was me. the month of Ramadan uh, where Muslims fast the thirty sure. days and um, yeah I was uh, I was I think I was like seven years old and uh, we were in Jordan I was seven eight years old we were in Jordan and my dad was fasting and uh, it was time to pray but you know we come from Iraq so you know it's um, sure. there's a lot of politics you know. Um, and the guy, my dad asked to pray, and um, the guy wouldn't let him pray. He asked to drink the water. When the fast was broke, he didn't let him drink the water. He told him to keep working. And I was sitting down, and the guy did this, and he knew his son was watching him. And he kept telling my dad to keep going down, keep doing the ground, keep cleaning. And my dad would get up, try to do something else. The guy would put him down. My dad would get up again. The guy would put him down. My dad would get up. And every time I saw my dad get up, Every time I became stronger, every time life, every time I, like, at a young age, I kind of understood, oh, my God, like, you know, like, like, this is life, you know, you know, I'm getting beaten down. And then this is where I asked my dad, hey, you know, I, I, I understand what's going on, you know, let me go out with you this time. Let me work with you this time. Let me help you. Because I saw how he was getting chewed and He's, I don't know. Now, he's now what was the context of this? Was Okay, so they were praying. It was Ramadan. They were fasting. And he wanted to do certain things. But who was telling him to stay on the ground? Was it, was, it one of the... Yeah, so he was, he, he, was, uh, he was cleaning the bathroom. And we were in Jordan. Uh, and then, um, you know, the, uh, some... I'm not saying all of them. But at the time, uh, it was, you know, a big conflict, uh, you know, in Iraq and Jordan. Sure. And... So they, they didn't they didn't really like us and then when my dad was there, they really bullied him, you know, they really they really God. let him have it. They really let him wow. feel and we, we were real at, stuff. Yeah, real stuff. That, that's real the bullying. thing. And, right? and it's like when you when you're in trouble and then you go to somebody, you expect them to help you, right? And then um you know, that that's not how we felt. Wow. Especially wow. coming from a big escape, but um that's understandable because that's how that's how the whole world operates man you know it's not just in the middle east you know you travel the whole world it's there's bad and there's poverty everywhere there's 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 you know all these politics and um all this negative it's everywhere man it's the whole world and this is what i think you i bet your listeners gain a lot from you you know because you you've been through the real deal real experience you know yeah and you know, the, the attitude should be gratitude when we live here. Of course. You know, we got hot running water. We've got electricity. We've got cars. I didn't We've see got until I came opportunity, here. right? Yeah. You know? Very great. And, and, yeah. and, and, and I bet you, like, 
I mean, you come from, like like I said, you guys come from Babylon, and I bet you there's some amazing places there. Yeah. You know, the, the, in Iraq. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's not the, the hub of civilization for nothing, right? It's, it's I beautiful, mean, yeah. Babylon's where everything started, and God, I was just studying about the Enki and the Enki, whatever. I mean, so there's so much history there. You're, you're, right? you're into it, yeah. You know, um... What but do you, then, what do you know about but that? you guys were under the rule of some pretty furious, furious dudes, though, huh? Oh yeah, at I the, mean, yeah, at, the, at those years that I was there, we definitely were. We were under some pressure, yeah. Insane, man, insane. But you know, I talk with this with people, and um, I, t I tell them it was the best experience of my life because this this made me who I am. Like if 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 I didn't go through all of this, I, I would probably not not go semi-pro i would probably not pursue soccer in in spain i would not I, you know i would not uh make a podcast you know i would have probably just been i would have just had a job and been a normal person but like these, and you know these, what someone blew fire up your ass yeah man Liked it made it, me grow right? yeah so you you played semi-pro in spain yeah, I played. I played for uh, FC Dalbitos. Yeah, I had the opportunity and pleasure of going there and playing, and it was the best experience of my life, man. That is so awesome. Yeah, uh, I, I, you got. There's any? Is there any footage of you guys playing? There is. Yeah, FC Dalbitos. Good. I want. Yeah. You got to send it to me. I'll send it I to you. I want to see it. I got to see it. Yeah, at um, I was uh, I was 17. I went to this academy in Real Madrid. It was it was the Real Madrid Academy. And um, yeah, I, w I went there for a week. No, I went there, and uh, it was very good. And uh, I ended up staying three more weeks to play a tournament, and uh, I did pretty good in that tournament. But I didn't end up signing with the team. But I, w I was the only Iraqi ever, ever, in history to ever go there. So it was it was like a big big deal to me. Um, That's awesome, yeah, dude. Yeah, and I got called up to my national team the Iraq national team for the Asia Cup, but I did end up going because um, I got injured. I had like to get three surgeries on my meniscus, but it, it was oh, unfortunate. Oh, that, yeah, that's I right. I pursued it, the boss. Injuries. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, but, but look where you are now, you yeah. know. Um, you know, I played goalie. Like, soccer was not that popular in the 70s in America. Yeah. And our, our, you know, I went to private school. I went to the, one of the gnarliest private schools in California, man. And we had a soccer program. And we we, we were okay, you know. But once we got these two um, uh, guys from Iran on our team, we, we kicked ass. Right? So, but then <laughs> yeah, we got they played good. By watching them, right? Yeah. And so I I don't know how I wound up, wound up playing goalie, but the coach would make me jump over boxes and bins. And mm -hmm. so we played this Mexican team, this Latino team in Alamany, right? Okay. And, you know, I had been practicing and this one dude had a breakaway on me, right? Several times. Our defense was still getting their act together. We were together for four years. And um, wow, this guy, they would get breakaway after breakaway. And I'd go out and I would slide tackle these fuckers and I'd grab the ball <laughs> from them. You know, and after the game, yeah. the, the Mexican mothers came up to my yeah. mom and says, your son's amazing. So when you're getting compliments from the Latinos, you know, you're doing OK. Yeah, you know, you're doing good. You know, so it, it was a great time, man. Um, God, playing soccer was just it, what a freaking workout, man. Oh, yeah. You're I mean, running what a all workout. Yeah.
you're running, you're sprinting, you're using your body, you know, you're shielding the ball. Uh, yeah, you're play- yeah, it's wow, it, it's yeah. a physical sport. Yeah, definitely running up and down that field, man. Yeah. And the goalies, like I, you know, like I was supposed to go to the school Lawrenceville because you know my coach says I'm going to get you a scholarship. We're going to get you, you know. Mm-hmm. And at that time, just like in the news recently, the parents were paying money to get their kids grades. And there's a big scandal at our school, right? Mm. And our soccer coach signed a petition against it. You know, like, hey, you know, you, you're harming your own kids by buying their grades. Yeah, you know, basically. And so they, um, he he got released, and so I went to this school called Buckley for eleven years. I went to summer school for eleven years. I was a terrible student. Eleven years. Um, yeah. Oh, dude, eleven years in the same school. Oh, Suit tie. Nice, but. But then I go, I was so upset. I lost my scholarship. I lost my soccer coach. So I said, you know what? I want to get out of here. And I went to Brentwood in Brentwood, Mm -hmm. right? And um, we didn't have a uniform. I could grow my hair a little longer. And that's when I kind of got into surfing, you know. Oh, they they were more open. It it changed my life, you know, that, 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 you know, uh, got me where I am today. It's like, you know, there's this nothing like surfing, dude. It's just, it's... How did you get into surfing? What what inspired you to get into the water like that? You know, because your dad is you know bodybuilding. Yeah, and down in our basement there was a an album cover from Jan and Dean, and there was this dude. It's called Ride the Wild Surf, and I look at these images of guys on surfboards, and I don't know. I was probably nine or something. I said, "That's what I want to do. I want to do that." Right? Okay. And my mom took me to Hawaii. And I got a surf lesson, and of course I stood up on the board because um, anybody can stand up on the board in Waikiki. You know, you're on this big plank, the waves really soft, and you just cruise, right? Right. So, but you enjoyed that. I, that oh, I did. You. I did, and it couldn't get me out of the water. Mm-hmm. And so, years later, I go um, surfing with uh, Paris Hilton's uncle, Danny Hilton, uh, Clark Gable's um, big name, uh, son John. Um, you know, uh, Bobby Darren, they all, we all went surfing, right? And I go, well, I know how to surf. I went surfing in Hawaii. Well, we're in Santa Monica where the waves dump. And I just made a fool out of myself. And I, I got so, I, I was so humiliated. I couldn't stand up and they were flying by me. And, you know, oh, you're in Kukla, Maine. You can't surf, right? You know, like that whole bullying thing, right? So, you know. That's what wanted you I, to be better? I started, I started, yeah, what's that? Is that, yeah, that, that made yeah. me want to get better. Yeah, okay. and so I started going to the beach, um, and um, you know, every summer I, you know, we take the bus, and then I got my car at sixteen, and um, you know, I, I was out, and I got chased out of the thing, and I went down to a beginner beach, and I got my stripes. You know, I just did nothing but surf, try to get better. Mm-hmm. And yeah, um, you had a car, and I came, it was available for the, you. Years there. later, mm-hmm. all those guys were out in the water. And I sprayed them all in the face Ooh. with my twin fin. <laughs> you know, I flew by their asses, right? Wow. So it was a good practice. feeling. It was yeah. a good feeling to, to outsurf them finally, you know. Um, yeah, but they're good. They're and good dedication. Guys, that's that's yeah. It. yeah, yeah. You, I mean, like it took me a whole year to learn to stand up on that damn thing. There was no surf lessons back then. I mean, even to this day, I find surf lessons odd. Mm-hmm. You know, like surfing is something that. Almost can't be taught. They've gotten better at it, yes, but it's something. Unless you can watch a million surf videos, 
But unless, or, or like anything, you know, you can watch a million soccer videos. You can watch a million anything right. videos. Unless you do, you do it, it and get yeah. the muscle memory in your body with your brain in sync over and over again. Falling, getting up, falling, getting up. You're never going to get it. You know, it took it took me a little longer than most, but um, you know, I, I finally got it, and then you know, I I accelerated really quickly. You know, because I had it in my head that what I wanted to do. You know, yeah. I, I I saw a bunch of guys at the time surfing wasn't that advanced, and um, I saw this one guy flying down the line at Topanga, um, right right up at the border of Malibu there. And this guy was just doing stuff nobody else was, you know, and I think I was like 18 years old or something. And I said, that's how I'm going to serve, you know, and I just emulated that guy. Right. Mm-hmm. I emulated the best dude I could find. Wow. You so, know, yeah, I, I studied him, them, studied him. Studied I looked them, at what yep. he was doing, yeah. you know, you know. So there, you know, I feel like talent can take you so far at a point <clears throat> skill has to kick in. You know, uh, you know, repetition after repetition, studying after studying. You know how you were um, inspired when you were 18, and uh, that's that's what got you out. And then you know, you you, you didn't really, you didn't change um, who you were, but you added to your to your added. arsenal all yes. of these skills. And you know, that's great, man. That's uh, I yeah. I was I was always inspired by people when I go to parks or when I when I go to big games and I see them. I would actually go up to them. When other people's did it, I know some people are like, yeah, you know, why would I go up to him? He scored four or five goals. But actually, why don't you go up to him? Why don't you go up to him and ask him questions if you want to be like him, you know? Um, and so that's that's what I did. I would go up to these people and I would study them. You know, I would ask them these questions. How, you know, how did you do this trick? How did you run that? So, you know, I, I definitely relate relate to what you're saying. Yeah. All muscle right. memory. Right. Yeah. You're, doing, you're doing what we're talking. You did what we're talking about. Yeah. Right. And, and what did I say in the beginning of this podcast? Yeah. Most likely, you go up to anybody, they will be more than more glad than to my, give yeah. you advice and tell you how it's done. Exactly. Yeah. They're flattered. Most people are flattered that are good, you know, that you admire them and you see what they're doing has value and you go up and you ask them. They want, they, of course, they want to tell you how it's done. If anything, they right? motivate you and you, you, you motivate them. Exactly. Yeah. It's a two way street, man. Yeah. Two way street. You know, John. Um, and, uh, I've been wanting to ask you this question. Um, you were you you were talking about earlier about um, how it's everybody's you know choices and um, you know in America and poverty. And I was I was reading this article the the other day. And um, did you know that five hundred and fifty three thousand people are homeless in America? My question. <sighs> My question wow. to you is, half a million of these people, is it a choice? Did, did, do, do you think, because you know, The Pursuit of Happiness, that one movie where, um, you know, he's, he's homeless and he makes it from homeless to being this big uh, executive, big millionaire. Yes, um, yes. Do you, do you think this is a choice? Because the other day, uh, me and my girlfriend, we were driving and um, I wanted to give this guy money. But, but she said, instead of giving him money, why don't you just end up giving him food? Because, you know, he might spend that money on maybe drugs or maybe things that would keep him in the same situation. What would you do? Right. What would you do in that situation? 
remember what we've been talking about. So just recently, um, I, I was down at a pretty, you know, I call it the hood, you know, like outskirts of Gardena, Compton area. I go down there all the time. I get my surfboard blanks and I hang out. I go shopping, talk to people. And um, I, I have two stories. First of all, I was in L.A. and there's this one one brother comes up to me, asks me for money. And I, I gave him some money. And I said, dude, you know, like, why are you on the streets here? You know, why are you on the streets, man? And he goes, oh, this happened and that happened. Oh, that's terrible. Well, look, I, 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 I got you covered right now. Okay? I got you covered. Mm-hmm. I, I got a couple of people that are working as extras in Hollywood. And, man, you're perfect. He had a little bit of talent. He was a smart guy, you know? And so... Uh, you know, I, I set up a couple things for him. He didn't do anything oh, to help himself. my God. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, 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 I went out of my way. Another example. Kid came up to me. Okay? Kid came up to me one time. He says, John, mm-hmm. you know, because everybody knows I've worked. You know, I'm a, I'm a worker. You know, yeah. like, like <laughs> if you surf all day, you know, there, there's no more self-serving um, selfish act of certain and surfing all day and not oh, contributing to society in my opinion but yeah. you know if you want the finer things in life you gotta you gotta work so this he comes up to me and he says man my mom she was an accountant and, and she, she's got carpal tunnel and she can't work I'm only making ten dollars an hour at Rip Curl what, what do you do well dude I set up called a friend of mine because I used to do pools I used to be a pool man Okay, and and that that was another gnarly. You may, may have to have another podcast on that one. Oh, wow. Le- learning to do that was insane. Really, but I love to hear it about was, it. It was the stress was so insane because oh, I was dealing God. with million dollar pools. But learning to do all this stuff, okay, and having that responsibility was insane. So I got him set up. I said, "I'll double your income. I'll mm-hmm. double your income. You can work for the guy that bought my route." He says, "I'll take you on tomorrow. You'll get twenty dollars an hour." And if you choose to do repairs, I can triple your income. You offered okay? him all of this. I offered I offer him this. And I said, if you don't want to do that, the restaurant down the street at Maestro's, the waiters make $90,000 a year. And they're looking for help because the welfare state in California is insane. No one's yeah. working. I said, dude, right, right there. Oh, well, you know, I don't know. You know, so I went and did all this work for this guy. No, and he ends up I don't to, know. And he ends up saying, oh, I don't know. Oh, my God. No, I don't God. know. You know, and, and, and then this one guy came up and, you know, like I, I ordered McDonald's just to use the bathroom one time. This is recently, okay. right? And I just ordered McDonald's and I see this homeless guy on the street, you know. And I gave him the food. He was <laughs> rummaging through the trash can. I handed him fresh Help McDonald's, him man. The guy, oh, thank you. You know, <laughs> thank you, Jesus, right? And I go, I go, dude, like, and I got it on camera because I, I have a little, I had a little channel like you. I had 10,000 followers on Clapper, but I got canceled oh, for, uh, you know, for, for giving advice like we're talking about today, right? Hurting people's feelings. But <laughs> so, so yeah. I give him this McDonald's and I, I interviewed him. I said, dude, why are you here? It's got to be insane living on the streets here. He says, yeah, I, um, I graduated from college and, you know, I, I couldn't find a job. 
So you, oh, dude, you you didn't look try, man. You know, you're like, like, dude, you got a college degree, I, and and I'm gonna have to say, if you're gonna give somebody something, if you give someone money, that's not giving them the fishing pole. No, you know what I'm saying? That, you, that, yeah. it's, it's not helping anybody. You give them the gift of knowledge. You give them the gift of opportunity. That's true. Yeah. You know, you give them the gift of independence to help themselves. My dad says, God helps them who helps themselves. This is all tough stuff we're talking about, Habibi. This is a tough road, man. It's not fun. It's miserable, and none of us want to do it. But the rewards. And there's opportunity here. Yeah, there's opportunity here. Yes. I, there's so much opportunity. Even in the pandemic, there's opportunity. There's to get a opportunity, job. man. There's so much opportunity. You know, and when the when the recession hit in 2008, I was caught with my pants down. I, I, I was I was in disbelief. I was like, no. Like, this isn't supposed to happen. We're, you know, like, the whole Obama administration. And I'm not ripping on Obama or anything, but I, I don't think he handled things economically correctly. Yeah. You know, I think he could have done a lot of things differently. So it took a long time for things to recover. Um, But his last two years, things started kicking in. You know, people were starting to get back into the swing of things and and the business was good. Great. Um, Yeah, Yeah, that was it was was a big drop in 2008. Yeah. This is after this is after 2008. But 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 the, the road getting up there. Right. It was really, really the grind uh, uh, oh, yeah. on top six years man for everybody and yeah. then the stimulus check would come in and people would buy surfboards for about a month and the money's gone you know like so this these three stimuluses didn't do anything to help it's what we're talking about giving money away doesn't help yeah lower the tax rate provide incentive for business to come to this country again you know because everything left in the 90s i mean i saw it happen i i but I'm going to get to my point. Wow. So yeah. uh, what, what I'm saying is that, you know, like that whole time there was actually opportunity, but it mm-hmm. was a little tougher to find. And I don't think people were. Oh, I, 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 I don't I, I, I don't think people. I agree. With we, you. We, were, we were used to having it so good and so easy for so long. Yeah. Before 2008, it caught people with their pants down. Right. So then yeah. I can understand. But now. Every time a disaster hits, you got to be looking to where the rat hole is. You know, like, where's the opportunity now, right? Instead of going, oh, we're done. No, look for the opportunity. Even my friend from Russia, he says, man, John, I came from communism, you know. He says, even then, there's rat holes of opportunity. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Within the weave, if you use your brain, use what God gave you, 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 you can figure out how to, freeload on the streets and get around you can figure out how to do all this other stuff if you have half a brain you can make it in america that was the old saying if and, you have half it, a brain you can and make it's it all in about america. if the if if you want it you know you gotta want it and you, you gotta, gotta want do it. it you gotta take because, action, because i can tell you what to do i can tell you the right things to do i can tell you the right path the right i can tell you everything but it's do you want to do this because that's right. yeah and um and, and and my god i do have uh empathy for these people yeah. you know some of them did get the get the hammer you know like some of them did lose their houses some of them did have stuff mm-hmm. you know 
And so, yes, for that, you know, the, the, the half a million, you know, but, but how many of the half a million have the ability to get back up again now? I'm going to be honest almost with you. Almost all of them. Almost, almost all of them. them. Yeah, exactly. You know? Almost all of them. Like, 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 go, man, go. Yeah. You know, it, 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 it's, um, you know, yeah, I have empathy, but then, like, like a friend of mine lost his house in the Malibu fires years ago. That's all right. Unfortunately, and he lost everything. In a, in a, I was bartending at the time at Alice's in Malibu, and one of our customers let him live in his house. Wow. Okay. You know, so let him live there, and a year later, he's going on a ski trip. You know, <laughs> and the guy letting him stay there said, "Hey, dude, you're going skiing." You're not out looking for a place. Right, yeah. You're living rent-free at my place. And you're going skiing. And you were supposed to be finding a place and you're going skiing. You know? And booted his ass. You know what I'm saying? There's a point where, you you, you know, we, we, we feel sorry for you. Yes. Yeah. But then there's a point where we don't. I was you know? just in a uh, very tough situation with a, um, a family member that um you know we received the stimulus received their taxes and i'm a, it, it was it was a big chunk of money and uh, the money was blown in two weeks <laughs> the money was gone in two weeks and then that person is coming back to america and uh, like you know asking these people for bills and i'm like bills you know you had your choice. Wow. You had your wow. choice. Wow, oh, baby. It's dollars. Okay, listen. You, you got I got a good one for you. So, going back to the Twitter. Yeah. Twitter sphere, okay? Yeah. I always argue. I say, oh, you know, I think I think one guy was, was ripping on the previous administration. We're just going to look at it objectively, okay? okay? So, it's like, let's go to Karl Marx, okay? okay? Karl Marx. Everybody, oh, Marx, right? Oh, oh, hold on. Marx inherited money three times and blew it. Yeah. And we're using his economic system? You know what I'm saying? Like, how does that work? Make sense, he was right? That. Like, that yeah. guy can't manage money like your buddy. You yeah. know, like, right? Yeah. So, so, so it's like people think. Oh, the rich, they're such... No. They should be teaching money management in our schools. In our schools, thank you. In yes. our schools, man. In our schools, yeah. That, Everybody that's... that wins a lottery blows yeah. it. And I, I'm guilty. I'm guilty, man. I, I mean, maybe I made so much money doing my pool route. Mm -hmm. Before that's the rich. recession, yeah. instead of saving it like an ass, I was buying stuff. You know, like... like you know, you know what I'm saying? Um, I'm guilty, you know. But but it, it was that 2008 that that changed my habits, right? Mm -hmm. Now I don't yeah. go buy stuff. I have self control now. Mm -hmm. You don't need that. Yeah. Discipline, right? Discipline. You know, don't get yourself into that situation. I mean, I've been on both sides of the fence, man. You know, my, my life has not been charmed. By any sense, of, you know, by any stretch of the imagination. I, I, so it's like, I, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, I definitely so go do. on, I'm talking to no, you. No, 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 I, I definitely... But. I, I definitely know know what you're saying. I know where you're coming from, and uh, especially business-wise. Um, I, you know, I'm, I have this 
car company and car rental I'm starting up and it's it's different you know uh, I failed with a couple of businesses you know I, I've seen the rough roads there I've seen uh, losing thousands of dollars I'm right. no, I know yeah so it's definitely a, a, a learning experience as uh, as you're saying yeah it's a huge learning experience and look at you, man. You're an industrious young guy, man. Oh, I mean, you. you're you're going to go places, man. Yeah. You see it. It's because... And the vision part is you're yeah. inspiring others your age. Guys like us are creative, John. And, and, and all your listeners, you know, they're creative too. You all got it in you. I'm the laziest <laughs> bastard you'll ever come across. You think I, I want to get up and go to work every day? <laughs> no. Nobody does. Nobody does, man. Nobody does. Nobody does. But, yeah. man, when you're done, it's like this whole thing. Like, when you get your paycheck and you and you, you, you get to decide what you want to do with your money and no one's telling you what to do. Because you work you know, for it. It's yeah. freedom, man. It's not slavery like Mark said. You know, mm -hmm. like, like I, I mean, I could go on and on about Karl Marx. Well, you know, Young the guy's a playboy. Yeah. <laughs> he was the he was the original hippie, you know, yeah, the original York. complainer, the guy that's always mooching money off you. You know, like, yeah. dude, he, he, he was a clever, funny guy. You know, he was, he, you know, of course, he had some words of wisdom. But, you know, if you, uh, if your philosophy is to criticize all that exists, you're a bummer. You're a downer. You're looking at the glass half full. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're, 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 if you look at the glass half empty, you're not going to go anywhere, man. You've yeah, got to have definitely. a little bit of optimism. Like, you know, and it's tough to get it, but if you at least try, you're going to see that it is possible to do some of the stuff that you want to achieve, right? Everything's but it's possible. never going to be easy. Yeah. You know? And Always speaking, a pain in the ass. Dad says, Dad says, <laughs> you think life is great? You think life is great? No. Life's a huge pain in the ass. Pain in the ass, and if, yeah. <laughs> if you get a couple moments of brilliant, you know, like you're doing well, right? So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, John, uh, speaking about the impossible, I want to talk about the, the stunt that you did. Okay, okay. Talk to me, man. That was, that All was right. crazy. All right, okay. So check it out. So, so, so here I am minding my own business, and... Around this time, I had been in Malibu for about 30 years, right? And so my wife and I go, oh, we're, we're going to sell the place and move to Hawaii. Oh, right? Yeah. Oh, that's, another, that's another podcast. Okay. But, but so, like, the paddle boarders came in, right? So I'm a surfer, and these big paddle boards are in the water now. I can't compete with them. I'm getting all pissed off. You know? yeah. And so I'm going, where's the next wave park? You know, I, I just want to get away from these guys. So I sold my place in Malibu. Biggest mistake of my life. Um, or, or not, you know, I, I got out of Malibu finally because it's a bubble, right? And um, so I'm, I'm down in Venice. Um, and, um, and then, uh, well, okay, let me back up. I'm surfing. And there's this guy in the water at Malibu with me. And he's, he's, he's surfing and he's, he's, it's the worst style I've ever seen. Okay, like this dude had the worst, ugliest surfing style. I go, oh, yeah, no, dude, <laughs> oh my god! I said, I pull, I paddle up to him. I go, will you take some constructive criticism from me? You know, I said, I said, dude, your stance looks like you're picking up the soap in prison, yeah. bro. You know what I'm saying? Someone's gonna tag you from behind. You gotta put your butt over your heels. You gotta get a nice stance, yeah. right? So, so, um, he goes, sure, man. 
and I told him what to do, and he was he, he listened, which is great. So a year later, I'm about to move to Hawaii. Um, I have I have a little factory, surfboard factory in Oxnard, okay. and um, I'm going up there every day. And um, I, I happen to be in Venice for something. I was down at Aquatech glassing, and I hear this, "Hey, John!" Mm-hmm. Some dude on the street. He goes, "Hey, oh, it's it's me, Ben Taylor, yeah. um, the guy in Malibu you told had the terrible yeah, style." I go, he yeah. says, "Man, I'm surfing so much better because of your advice." I go, "Well, that's awesome, dude. That's awesome." Yeah, you know, so right. I had helped him. That's great. So I had no idea who he was, right? And he asked me a question. He goes, "Hey, can you surf behind a moving object?" And I go. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like sure. sure right. What do you want me to do? Right. I'm game for anything, right? So he goes, well, "You got to surf a shark," you know. Like I go, "Okay, great, let's do it," right? <laughs> so, so, um, okay. so we, we we put this whole thing together, man, yeah. and and we go up to we go up to Oxnard, right? And you know, jumping off a pier is illegal. Yeah. You know, it's. it's, it's but, but I was wondering about had, that. You know, what I'm saying it's like, but but. We knew I was making surfboards for one of the heaviest locals up in Oxnard. Yeah. This guy Richie, you know, he, he hangs out with the Mexican gang members and shit. MS13. So like, no one's Sorry. fucking with us, and the lifeguards are like, yeah. "No problem, dude. You're Have good. at it, right?" And I, I look over the pier. I go, "Oh my god, it's low tide. It's even, it's even further down to the water oh, than it's hot." You know? <laughs> oh shit! Yeah. I felt felt like I was skydiving. Jeez. You know? How big was the so? Jump? So this whole thing was put together. Yeah. Ben is an amazing um, filmmaker, you know, and he, he had me do this. And uh, what people don't realize is that, you know, back in 2006 was the inception of YouTube, you know, know, 2005. And this video went freaking viral. I was on Fox news. Right. I turned on the TV guy surfs great white shark you know and i'm on freaking you know good day la you know there's there's like six million views right yeah those things is going nuts and you read the comments it's like oh this guy's awesome this is so cool this is so amazing you know surfing a shark okay and he goes yeah "Yeah, you gotta surf a wave you gotta you gotta surf a wave right so um so the thing is, is it like I look at the comments now and then like Shark Week happened and we went to this event with my parents. My dad was still alive. Okay. Right. right. And, and, and and we're sitting next to this guy that does a save the sharks video. You know, oh, the sharks are going extinct. Right. The, and yeah, I'm sitting next the to the creator of YouTube. Oh okay, the creators of YouTube on one side of me, and another guy's getting an award for Save the Sharks video, right? And I'm looking at this, I look over it, and I just made the Shark Surfer video, right? So yeah. I'm with the YouTube guys, right? Yeah. As a Shark Surfer, and I'm with the, the Save the Sharks guy. I look over the Save the Sharks guy, I go, you fucker, well, I'm a <laughs> surfer, man. We don't want to save any sharks. You know, like, like right? Yeah. We got enough sharks. Haven't Honestly, you seen Jaws? Yeah. You know, like, right? <laughs> So, so, um, so, so anyways, um, uh, you know, like we we may save the fucking sharks, man. They're going to eat us. So, um, then shark week, um, happens and everybody's like, oh, so, so like 
you know, years later, I looked at the comment section on the shark surfing video, and everybody goes, oh, I hope the shark kills him. I oh, hope it eats him. You know, like, now everybody's Love rooting that, for the shark. Yeah. You know, everybody's rooting for the shark to eat me because I'm the evil guy. You know, like, <laughs> oh, shit. We're surfers, uh, you know. <laughs> right. And so, so yeah. back at that time, man, you know, like, like, Great Britain calls me, you know, and they go, are you the shark surfer? And I go, oh, well, yeah. 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 And they go, it was a show called Rude Tube, and they review the top um, YouTube videos of the year. And I think I got like number six or something. I can't remember out of twenty. You must, have, and, man. Yeah, and they interviewed me. Like everybody paid me for this too. It was like yeah. you know, it, it was good, good stuff, man. And and um, you know, it, it, it was a viral ad for mm. Arnett sunglasses. You know, because uh, yeah. these these were they hired clever filmmakers like Ben for these viral ads and they need someone with balls and I did it. You yeah, know? That, that was so, a crazy video, yeah. And uh, did you guys make another ad? No, no, not not after that. Not after that. We're, 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 we're going to make Shark Surfer too, what they, Ben and I, you know, but but ben, ben Ben's Instagram is, is Benzo underscore T. Okay, I'll uh, tag in. And he's, he's brilliant. He's, he's brilliant. He is so clever. You know, with, with the concepts he comes up with, mm, you bet. know, yeah, he, uh, and, and he created some of the classic YouTube videos that people grew up with and people don't know it, you know, mm. and, uh, you know, I just, I just want to give him credit for, yeah, you know, to, to come up you know coming a, up with all of this, yeah, to come right? up with an idea like that, you know, and, and pitching yeah. it, you know, to a person and that, that's, that's big, you know, you must have had a lot of uh, confidence as we were talking about in the idea and confidence in you as well. Um, yeah, that's that's a big, big... Uh, it was tough to do, man. Yeah, it was okay. really tough to do. It was really, really, really something. Like the pole, like, you know, the fishing pole kept, you know, sinking, yeah. you know, so we had to devise floats for it, yeah. you know, if I fell and, you know, All got loose, blood, yeah. you know, boom, you know, so, you know, there was a lot involved. Um, in it, but you know, once again, all the work created a cool, the coolest piece ever. Yeah, it's got everybody, it's got everybody thinking. You know, like I'm no stranger to sharks. Like, look, man, last Fourth of July, okay, okay, I'm surfing sunset and it's pumping. The waves are amazing. It's hot out, and you know, this guy saved the shark video has created massive sharks, massive. The attacks are up all over the world. Okay. Yeah. So I'm out surfing Sunset, and Sunset is a, an amazing mecca of shark feeding, right? They, they love it there. It's right, right below Sunset Boulevard, where Sunset Boulevard meets the, the beach, mm. right below the Palisades. Yeah. And I'm getting out of the water, and I'm, I'm talking to this Israeli uh, lady, and all of a sudden, she goes, Shark! And there's a shark, right? In the wall, yeah. So, so everybody, like like this one guy had his girlfriend, mm -hmm. and he's teaching her to surf, you know. And they're they're going over the rocks, you know. And he's getting out there. He was climbing over his girlfriend <laughs> to get out of the water over the rocks, you know. Like, dude, you're supposed to be Come out on, there, man. you know. Like, right? So, so yeah. right? So everybody clears the water, and I go. He's fine. I, I went out. And everybody's yeah. going, you're crazy. You're crazy. I go, fuck, he's already eaten, dude. I got the waves to myself for over an hour. It was fucking awesome. 
Yeah. Fucking awesome. I went right out after they spotted the shark. I don't give a fuck. They're not gonna eat me. They're like, yeah, because you. They're know they're, what you're they're doing. fed, man. They're yeah. they're 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 well fed. Yeah. And it was awesome because I got the I got the best waves of the day, man. And you know, people yourself, thought I was huh? nuts. You know, but I mean, they're 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 feeding all the time. And my friend Randy Wright, he's got the most insane aerial shots of sharks. So he'll sit there. Um. And he used to own um, a very legendary surf shop called mm-hmm. Zephyr. The Z-Boys, the yep. skateboarding video that everybody knows, the Lords of Dogtown. Okay. So he bought that shop and 2008 flattened him, right? And he went out of business. But he now is a photographer. He shoots all my surfing photos. But he'll right. wait for the sharks to breach and go in the air. And, and then- he gets them in mid-flight right from his kayak. Wow. His dude, his footage is insane. Oh, I, I definitely. And I've got a couple shots on my phone. Oh, we should send you know, over, yeah. and I'm I'm sworn to secrecy with him, not to you know put him out on the internet okay. because he's trying to do something. But uh, I'll, I'll I'll text you one. Nice. One yeah. one's really cool. Flying sharks. D- John, dude. do you um so since you you know you go out to the water a lot? Do you do you see a lot of um the plastic being thrown in the water, or is the water being you know taken care of? Oh, man, another I, I'm going to be so hated by the end of this podcast. No. Um, okay. OK, I'm going to start with a statistic. OK, OK. So there's 10 rivers that dump the most plastic in the world. I think a lot of people know this. Okay. Um, eight are in Asia. Two are in, in, in Africa. OK, our plastic is we're not even on the list. OK, and yeah, there's a lot of plastic in the water. Yes. Yeah. Um, for me, I'm, I, I'm an environmental guy, but I'm also an anti-environmental guy. You know what I'm saying? Like, like the bag law was humiliating to me. Like, you know what? No, talk to me. What are you're, 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 okay. Oh, so now you're going to charge us for a bag, right? So we're going to carry around a disgusting, dirty, reusable bag and put our food in. Right. I you know, like, yeah. like, okay, we'll go to paper bags or recycle them or do something. Like, But they just want to ban stuff. They think yeah. by banning straws. Like, yeah, I just did a video. Like, oh, so, so, so these rivers are just injecting plastic into our oceans. And you're going to ban straws. I mean, that's, that's, that's not even making a, yeah. a nano dent in what's going on. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's stupid. Yeah. And I worked with Heal the Bay. I, I, I did bartending for them years ago when they were, I mean, they haven't cleaned up the water much. They've done a little bit. Can I give them a little bit of credit? But, you know, I don't think it's about saving the environment, dude. I think it's about politics. And, and yeah, we got a plastic problem, but, you know, I think everybody's become more aware. Instead of banning the bags, don't throw them in the freaking ocean. Throw them in the trash. Recycle them. You know, P- plastics have bettered our lives. You know, um, and, and yeah, but people are freaking out a little bit too much about the plastic. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? It's 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 just overboard, right? And and look, so you're so worried about the plastic. You're you're an environmental warrior, right? Right. So you go drive along in L.A. And you look at all the crap that's on the side of the road. The first rain, all oh, that's going into the ocean. Why aren't you there picking it up? Where's the outrage now? You know, it's convenient environmentalism for these people. Yeah. You know, like, you, 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 you want to talk about it. 
Well, then go out and pick up trash. Yeah. I did. Do it. I got yeah. chased out of an area by a homeless guy. I was in his territory. You were right? in, a, in his territory? You were just... Uh, yeah, I was I was on the side of the freeway. I got a yeah. trash bag, went out, tried to pick up some stuff. Uh-huh. Um, and um, a guy chased me out. Hey, what are you doing here? What, like, it was his local spot. It was oh his, you God. know, like, territory. I got <laughs> my ass chased out of there. I go, oh, look, I, looks like I'm not picking up plastic today, but... You know, yeah. and, and I'm not even, you know, I just thought a couple of things on the side of the road I thought, I thought I'd get rid of, you know. Yeah. But but it's like, so so where's the outrage now? Yeah. Everybody's worried about who's calling who what. And there's all this plastic on the side of the road that you're talking about. Why aren't you out there picking it up? Why aren't yeah. you doing something it? comes about from it? us first, definitely. You know? Yeah. And and, and, and yeah, there's, there's plastic in the ocean, but the earth is so powerful, right? The earth is so massive and so amazing. It will eat us up and swallow us whole and regenerate itself no matter what we do. Exactly. You know, you look at Chernobyl, man. They blew the place up, right, in, in Russia back, back in the day, right? Right. Everything's grown back, right? The earth will grow over us. Of right? course. The yeah. earth is so powerful. It will not stop, that, yeah. You know, and of course it's good to not litter. Of course it's good to keep your area clean. But when I, Habibi, when I went to Jamaica, yeah. I, went, I, I went to do a reality show. I was a oh, judge wow. on a show there, you wow. know. Yeah. And on my break, I went surfing, right? And every single beach we went to had cool little waves. And I was with the photographer. We were shooting. Okay. I got nice. photos of this, dude. Nice. I'm walking to the water over four feet of plastic oh my god and i asked my i asked my tour guide you know because you got to get driven around there because yeah. if you're if you look like me or you know you, you don't want to travel alone they told me that you you do not go across this you island alone yeah you'll wind up dead and i said okay yes sir yes o'neill o'neill was our our dude okay and he said something really interesting okay he says, we litter our beaches because we don't want to be told what to do by the white environmentalists. It's a choice. We're rebelling. You know, you don't tell us what to do. And I find that, I found that quite fascinating. You know, like s some of the environmental causes have gotten extremely Nazi, in my opinion. And you understand that environmentalism was birthed in Nazi Germany. Mm. The first environmental laws That's of modern times mm. were birthed in Nazi Germany, along with animal rights. So, I mean, you know, it's a militant way of thinking. Instead of like, here's a good example. You're going to like this. Tell me. This is the kind of environmentalism I like. There was a public service announcement of, um, of an Indian chief, right? And this family comes out and they, they throw the trash and it lands at the feet of the Indian chief, right? And the, the Indian chief sheds a tear. You know, oh, look what they're doing to the land. Yeah. That public service announcement was so powerful in the 70s. Oh, yeah. That everybody in California got off their ass and made sure we put our trash in the bins. And, and everything yeah. got cleaned up. Yeah, voluntarily yeah. it was the whole world too yeah it was a big scale. yeah it was the whole yeah. world everybody got a little more litter conscious yeah. and that's great and everybody did it 
because they got to take a look at themselves, right? And we go, oh man, we're being litter bugs. Let's let's clean it up. And it was the the most amazing response I've ever seen to anything. And then a couple of years later, this is in the seventies, mind you. Okay. A couple of years later, I notice five hundred dollar fine for littering. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um. That's so wait, 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 wait. We did it on our own. Like we cleaned up California and Los Angeles on our own. Why the law? You know yeah. what? What do you need to? What do you need to do to impose this fine here? So they did in Nazi Germany. They imposed fines for pollution, so they could make money. Man. You know, and, and this leads me to believe that it's not about. Saving the planet no, with these people. Yeah. You know, Money, I, I, I want some sincere environmentalism. I got a lot of friends who are radical environmentalists, and I respect them because these people that I know, they do the work. You know, they're out there hands on, and I respect them. You know, yeah. Yeah. Um, but 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 the mm-hmm. people that are trying to shut down people's businesses and cause problems and shame people and all this stuff. I, I don't That's respond nonsense. to them, you know. But I, I hope I made sense. I, I hope no, my, you did, my, you did. my angle was good. No, it was. And yeah, you know, like don't put your plastic in the ocean. Yeah. And, and if there's a problem with plastic in the ocean, look at them and stop bitching it. You know, like like it, it's all coming from, you know, um, people. Uh, how do I say this politically correctly? Like, you know, if there's so many people coming here from so many other countries that's great i Mm -hmm. i I love the diversity i think it's awesome and people that come here like 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 you Mm. you you guys love this country you get it man you know what i'm saying you go oh my god this is a great place right Right? yeah we got problems of course we everybody's got problems of course yeah but you know like the, 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 the whole the whole thing is that these these people are are so they they won't criticize the source like where's the plastic coming from it's coming from people who who you know like aren't from here a lot of it you don't don't see understand yeah you know know, it's coming from the 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 hood areas where it's 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 a lot of litter you know and i'm not criticizing them you know like i I, i'm you know i'm just indifferent towards the whole thing but Mm. Where's the plastic coming from? Oh, it's coming from the big corporations. No, it's not. No, it's not. It's coming from people littering yeah. on the side of the road. Coming from people, literally people, not companies. People. <laughs> people. Literally just exactly. us, people. Exactly. You know, driving exactly. down the road, putting your window down. You don't want to wait home to throw this in the trash. You're going to throw outside your window. Why would you do that? <laughs> yeah. And, and and like in Hawaii, there's, there's, a, there's an area, beautiful little lava pit, you know, and you know, the, the locals, they're from Micronesia, you know, like they, I guess we bombed the Marshall Islands and they're from Micronesia. They just, they have litter in their front yard. You drive by and it's just, it's just plastic and litter all over the place. Do you think you that's know? rebellious? What's that? Do you think that's rebellious? Like where they're rebelling? You against... know what? I'm, I'm wondering. Yeah. I'm wondering. I, I haven't, I haven't interviewed them. And, and there's a lot, there's a couple, you know, American dudes that have uh, crappy, front yards too but you know you don't usually see metropolitan areas littering you don't go to orange county and see all the litter right. you know everybody's litter conscious right it's the areas that are practicing it so why don't you go and bully them they only want to bully yeah 
people like like themselves. You know, you you want you want to criticize and bully, but you only criticize your own kind. You're not ballsy enough to go to the source. You know, and, and it is a rebellion. It's just like my my driver said in Jamaica. You know, we, we we're not going to go with your environmental laws. We're going to litter the beaches. Yep. You know, we don't want to be told what to do by you guys. I mean, some of these environmentalists from Europe, they go over to these third world countries and they go, you can't mine for your own resources. Well, wait a minute, we want to we have cool houses and um, a first world society like you guys. No, you can't do that. Well, who are you who said, to, yeah, who, to, who to tell these that? people what they can do with their right. own damn resources? Who oh, you? you're harming the earth. Well, no, they get a chance to make stuff now. Like, I I sincerely, hubby, care about the poor. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? I really, really do. Yeah. I want to see the third world kick ass. Right. You know? Like, like if you're a world leader, if you're the leader of the United States, right? And, and, you know, like, I've got so many Latino friends, man, and they they are the most hilarious people you'll ever come across. (laughs) And they don't take any shit either. Yeah. You know? But we got people coming from down in Latin America up here. Okay? Why? Because where they live is hell. Okay? So if you're the leader of the free world and you claim to care about these people, you would put pressure on these third world dictators down across our border to clean up their act and provide opportunity for their citizens. Yeah. If you sincerely care about the poor, you would give these people a fishing pole and oh, opportunity. Yeah. yeah. And let them open factories. Let them make stuff with their own resources. Not shut them down. Right, not shut them down and invite them across the border and give them free stuff. Right. You're just harming. Yeah, you know, just giving Latin free America stuff, just, is yeah. amazing. Yeah. It is the most bitching place on earth. And the resources and the potential there is amazing. And look, they could go all green. You know what I'm saying? They can do a lot of green stuff if you're going to go and build a first world economy, but they're so corrupt. Yeah. So why doesn't the leader of the free world clean up the damn corruption in the other countries? You can go into Iraq and bomb it and kill a million Iraqis. Why didn't you go down to South America and make them clean their own shit up? Right. You know what I'm saying? Get rid of the cartels. Get rid of the corrupt leaders. You did it in Iraq. Do it now in South America. I think I've got a good argument there. No, you do. You definitely. I, I hate I, seeing I agree these people. A baby I agree man. When I was nine, my mom and dad took me across the border. Yeah. I come from Hollywood. I've come from the Hollywood Hills. I was born with a silver spoon in my mouth. Probably gonna die with a plastic one. But, right? They right. took me to Mexico. I'm nine. We're driving down the Baja Peninsula, and I see kids my age living How in the dirt the in cardboard boxes. Hmm. Yeah. That's right across the border from San Diego. I I, I freaked out. I broke down into tears. Just a couple it was like of a horror film here. to me. Yeah. And from from that day, I went, my God, you know, we don't have problems. And during that time, I've got these hippies complaining about the, the most ridiculous stuff. I go, you're not living in a cardboard box in the dirt across the border. What are you complaining about? Right. You know? Oh, you know, America's like, really? Once again, your attitude should be gratitude. Yeah, gratitude. Yeah. You, you know? 
Is she um, enjoy what you I have? Yeah. So, I mean, I, I think, I, I mean, the plastic, yeah, of course it's a problem. It's getting in the fish. But, you know, what about all the other stuff that's going on? You know, like, what about the 16 billion kids who die a year? There's, because yeah, there's because of an environmental solve, policy. Yeah. You know? What about them? Is plastic in the ocean really your priority or is helping these kids? Or finding the thousands of missing of kids in India. Like, there's... there's Right? Yeah, the the other day, they caught a... They caught a truck full of watermelons and there's like a bunch of weed in there. And come on, man. (laughs) Leave that alone. Go find their kids, man. No, like, uh, what I'm saying is... You know, people put their energy and money into stuff that you know you can you can put them in other things like how you were saying to help out um, like bigger problems. You know, instead of just spending them on small things like how you know these Indians are doing. But I, I, I see where you're coming from, man. Yeah, and I mean, my God, they've got the caste system in India still. Yeah, that's a form of slavery, man. You know, and everybody's freaking out about slavery. I go, but it's still going on. Go to China. It's going on all over the world. I mean, yeah. you you haven't been outside of your microcosm here. Yeah. The world is a tough place. And these kids that are living in poverty, these people that are living in poverty, I mean, I have a great amount of respect for them. You know, they got more balls and more gumption than any, you know, um, mm. complaining kid up here. What do you what do you, you think know? about what's going on in China with the slavery? I think. I mean, um, go not, ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. not not a, not a lot of people are um, talking about it. Not a lot of people are covering it. And um, I I have you know I have a podcast. I have a voice. Um, did, did did you ever hear about it? Oh yeah, and it's funny because I mean, I don't know why. Like in my private school, we learned all about the Nazis. Okay. Mm -hmm. And I know there's communism and I know, I understand, I know all about communism, but you know, we learned about general Rommel and their uh, dealings in North Africa. And, you know, I've been fascinated with the Nazis since I I was a kid and and I don't want to be a Nazi. You know what I'm saying? I'm fascinated Mm -hmm. in a way of, you know, we don't want to be Nazis. Right. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) But I mean, right. Um, but it, there's a lot of things that people don't know know about the Nazis. I, you know, um, there was some things that are like very similar to what we're doing right now. Okay. But one thing that fascist socialist countries have is corporate power, right? All the corporations, Bear, Siemens, um, Opal, um, uh, Nestle, right? These corporations operated in Nazi Germany, Ford, right? Yeah. And they they, they used slave labor. Corporations love slave labor because they make higher profits. I mean, Apple uses slave labor. So people freaked out in Nazi Germany about the slave labor. But it's going on in China. So, so... It's the it's, same shit. No, and so, and, so what, yeah, it's, it's yeah. why is one good and one's bad? You exactly. know, like, right? Go yeah. ahead. No, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely. I, I agree with you. In the, I think it's in the Philippines. Nike has a factory, and they pay you know these these young kids a couple of cents to make these shoes. You know, 
very very small uh, amount of money you know these big corporations i'm not saying those kids are slaved but you know there's these big corporations that you know have these kids you know working for uh, not even just kids you know even adults for very very small amounts of money in this um you know, dangerous machines, and um, yeah, right, right. Yeah. And, and you know what's funny? A Marxist policy was to get kids out of the factory, right? right? You know, like Marx says, "Oh, no child labor," and we had this big child labor thing. But some of those kids working in the factories, they're getting skills at an early age. They're going to yeah. make them into young habibis, <laughs> entrepreneurs. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. like, and so, you know, yeah, it's bad. What's the business model, habibi? What, what's the best business model? Buy low, buy low sell, high. sell high. Buy low, sell high. Yeah, They're, they're going to go wherever they, they can make the biggest profit, you know? And these corporations, when they get power and they start paying your politicians, you have corporate fascism. It's what happened in Italy. It's what happened in Nazi Germany, right? The communists yeah. didn't have the corporations as much. They put the government in charge of manufacturing. Right. The People government. that weren't qualified to be in, in charge of manufacturing. Mm-hmm. Right. So you put the unqualified into a position where they're not qualified. That doesn't work out too well. That's a big disaster. You know, yeah. so so if you got a choice, I'd rather live under fascism. Right. <laughs> At least you get private property rights and upward mobility. Yeah. Right. But yeah, I mean, it's uh, there's no regulations. Right. And, and, and they want to regulate everything here. But they, they don't say a word about no regulations overseas. And, and that's hypocrisy, right? And where there's hypocrisy, there, there is fraud. There's fraud. Where there is fraud, there are lies. You know, it, it, it's, there's not a substantial argument for, for, for it. You know, slave labor, slave labor. And What's going on, man? This whole yeah. thing started in the 90s, man. I got to see the American engine firsthand the but board? everybody Which, worked yeah everybody was a worker nobody but america you know socialism you mentioned socialism to americans they know because the better way is to go out and have job opportunity man the harder you work the more money you make that you was know the if, it, it. it's it's amazing it's freedom you know and once the 90s hit we sent 200 years of technology science Sweat, death, labor over to China. And Al Gore did it. Al Gore did it. You watch the debate with him and Ross Perot in 1993, and Ross Perot predicts the future. I go, why are we sending our stuff to China? To China? It doesn't make sense. Yeah. And and Al Gore says, my graph shows this will be the best thing to ever hit the American people. And Ross Perot says, no, it's going to be the worst. I've got historical, photographic, and documented evidence against your case, Mr. Gore. Al Gore got NAFTA through, and Ross Perot accused Al Gore of being on the take. And he blushed. You watch the video, man. Oh, it's, He's it's, being it's paid off. Al Gore's being paid off to ship our jobs our job security over over to China and Mexico and all these other places where China and Mexico should have gotten their own act together. Yeah. You know, and trade and traded with us. Right. So this was a manipulation of 
our markets, our job security, and our, our way of life. We, be, we, we became a nation of manufacturers and leaders to a nation of consumers. Consumers, because now they're, they're making all the equipment. They're, they're literally providing America with every single thing. Yeah, with, 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 our, with our technology. Yeah, you with, know? with our technology, yeah. You know, and, and, and like, I, I mean, China was an amazing place, man. They've got an amazing history. They made the first aircraft carrier size boats, you know. I Crazy think they inventions. invented golf before the Irish, you know, like they, they found these gold wow. uh, clubs with the gold ball, okay. you know, they used to hit around and, know you know, that. like China had uh, eggshell porcelain and blind stitching, and, you know, like they, they were so advanced. And when all of that conflict happened, right, there was, there was all this, um, what's the word I'm looking for? All of this um, preconceived, um, confusion and, and, and violence and uprising yeah, is created. And then, you know, the, the communists take over, right? They, they, they took over an amazing country, you know, and, and, and they got into the universities and they, they you know, it, they forbid Western clothing and, you know, they, they forced they people forced to believe people, yeah. the teachings of Mao. Yeah. And if you didn't believe the teachings of Mao, Right, you and you didn't wrong. think like them. Yeah. You were called ignorant, bigoted, close-minded, anti-international, and racist. Oh my God! So, so, so this this is how it all goes down. Russia, you know, like if you rejected international Marxism when in, during the Bolshevik Revolution when the communists took over, you were wrong. Yeah, it, it was the first time. Yeah. Man was not a slave to the land. They, they, they used to have serfs before the Russian Revolution. For the first time, the, the common man could own land now and not be a slave and sold with the land. It changed, yeah. Because before that, you know, people in Europe were slaves. Like, you're sold with the land. You were called a serf. And for the first time, you know, the American Revolution had taken hold and gotten people you know, their own farmland, they go and sell the town, kind of a free market thing going on. And when the communists came, they seize your property, but they demonized the farmer. Oh, guess what? They have more money than you. It's because they're oppressing you. They go in and they cause people that live side by side with differences. They go in, you know, they get along and then they go in. So you see those people that have stuff? Not because they work harder, because they're oppressing you, right? And, and this is how it all goes down. And the people that didn't believe in international Marxism were called stupid, ignorant, yeah. close-minded, bigoted, and yeah. the Rossistov. The Rossistov. You're a racist. That means you're a nationalist. Because they wanted pr to preserve their Russian heritage, their Russian traditions, their Russian language, their Russian values. And that's the first time we saw the word racist used. Used to describe people who simply wanted to preserve their own country. Wow. You couldn't have put it in, in better words. Wow. You know? Yeah. And, 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 and people don't understand our Bill of Rights is, is, you know, you don't know how bad it can get, man. I mean, I, I heard the stories from my parents. I heard the stories from the people that came to this country from those countries. 
Mm-hmm. They, 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 when I was a young kid, I heard all about it. I heard what to look for. They said, look, you know, you didn't have to be a Christian. You don't have to be a Christian. You know what I'm saying? Like, when they start attacking religion, even the Muslim religion's getting attacked. Okay. Right? Yeah. When they start attacking religion, you better watch out. That's what they told me. You know, I go, well, they're not going to attack religion. They're not going to, that, that, that's not going to happen. You know, take a look around. Right? And they said, well, they're going to take your freedom of speech. Well, no, they, they, they won't be able to do that. Take a look around. You know, everybody's going to walk around with their head down and be ashamed and miserable. And, and, and we're not going to have the happiness that we see around us today. How People giving each other shit and smiling and joking. People yeah. are going to walk around with their heads down. How do you think we can, we can shift to recover from that? I, 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 I don't, I, I, it's, it, Yuri Fresno says, the KGB agent that lectured around this country in the 80s, trying to warn us, he says it's going to take two generations to reprogram people. Things, I mean, when communists and socialists take over, it's, you're forced to believe things you know are not true. Mm-hmm. Right? You oh, must believe yeah. what the state tells you. What comes out of the state-run universities, if you do not subscribe to that belief, that is called political incorrectness. You are not in line with the body politic. You understand? Political correctness was a term coined in the Bolshevik Revolution. You must be in line with the thinking of the body politic. If you think outside of that, if you have free thought and free opinion, and you question... You are politically incorrect. Yeah, but I mean, after that is when uh, you know you you started having political speeches. But I I, I still think um, you know from from that time is when people started really revolutionize and uh, you know make make a difference. Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, baby, I, I don't what... know, man. I don't know what's going to happen because I feel that it's 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 so ingrained in our culture now. It it is. It, it really you know, is, yeah. It, it, it's, it's, Stalin hired Pavlov. We've all studied Pavlov and the trained dogs, right? To react, to stimuli without thinking. Okay? So you, now, you, you could say anything to America, to an American when I grew up. Most people don't understand. I was raised by a black lady in the Hollywood Hills. My parents were gone. Mm-hmm. They were traveling. And she raised me from the day I was born. Wow. Okay? Oppressed? Her oppressed? No. I was oppressed. Because I was the one stuck alone in the house with her. Right? Mm. I mean, hell hath no fury like a black woman scorned when thou does not clean his room. You know? Right? <laughs> I learned discipline from Yeah, Patty. definitely. You know yeah, she was going to make you do I mean, I didn't get away with <laughs> shit. Right? So, yeah. You know? Oh my God! I learned to have manners. Yeah, <laughs> you know, oh yeah, like, right. <laughs> so, <ma'am>. <laughs> so, and, and um, you know, like it's it was just strict upbringing from her, mm-hmm. and you you couldn't offend her. No, no, no. She was tough as nails, oh, man. Yeah. You couldn't offend women. You couldn't offend men because we were like we didn't respond to words. We weren't trained to. You know, like. Like this is all Pavlovian techniques. We are we are programmed to respond to stimuli, to cysts, 
Mm-hmm. By isms. To, yeah. Okay? An ism is defined as a fragment of an idea backed by authority or doctrine. It's it's slanted thinking to one side. Mm-hmm. Right? An ism. Oh, I believe in racism. I believe in sexism. Well, wait a minute. I want to have an intellectual debate yeah. here with you. Yeah. Because I don't feel that what you're saying is cr- oh, you're a then that becomes a cyst, right? If you don't agree with sexism, now you become a sex cyst, right? <laughs> right? Sexist, so, yeah. Oh, 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 really? Okay. Um, but but wait a minute. I think women were tougher and smarter. They fought for the rights. Ago. Yeah. I think they were more independent fifty years ago because I saw it firsthand. You know, I, I think all of this, 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 um. Like we're talking about, we're on the same page, dude. I'm, I'm so glad I had me on, but you know, I, I'm you, glad you'll to get be talking it, to you, you John. I mean, you like, have the women. You couldn't offend women. No, like like these women were, like they tell you to f off. Yeah, right. They get right they in your tough. face. These oh, yeah. women were strong. Yeah, you know, they were strong and independent. For real, it was hard to break them. Yeah, hard to break them. You know, I I saw a different. I saw a different America than what everybody says it was. I, I, I went to school with every race imaginable in the 60s. In the 60s? We, we were more multicultural than the United Nations wow, at yeah. my school. You know, like we didn't, nobody spoke about race. And what, listen to what, what Morgan Freeman said. You want to end racism, stop talking about it. And in the 60s, in the 70s, you know, yeah, there was Martin Luther King, right? And just getting this stuff ingrained in our head, right? Yeah. Oh, racism, right? But nobody spoke about it. Nobody cared. There was there was other things to focus on, right? And and the black people that I met and I knew, you would offend them if you told them some of this stuff today, because yeah. these 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 black people they came from tough upbringings. Oh yeah. And they okay. made their own way, and they gained the respect of others through their actions, not their race. I bet. Right? I mean, who used the race-based selection process ba- based on social Darwinism with, with the white people at the top and the black people at the bottom? Enough Hitler did. They, they used the race-based selection process to place people in universities, military, Religion, right? Yeah. Universities. Yeah. So... Right, they, they use this racial hierarchy system, not based on your merit, your knowledge, right, or about, your skill, yeah, right, or your demeanor. It was race based. This is how you look. How yeah. So 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 who else uses that? Not now, yeah. We use it, yeah. except except instead of the degree being um, superiority and inferiority. Right, what Hitler used, right? It's now oppression is the power now, right? So now we're using the race-based selection process, judging people on their race. Well, wait a minute, man. What about judging the person on their individual behavior, what they've accomplished, yeah. what they've earned, yeah. and 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 get rid of the race? We're, we're past the race Safe is in the seventies, man. Yeah. Like like everybody I knew that was white wanted to be black. You know, like, how is that racist? Mm-hmm. You know, like, like if you we were admiring the black people, we thought the black people were cool. 
You know what I'm saying? We want to be like them. It's so, honestly, so how is that racist? Yeah, it's. Ev- you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. like, like we 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 love the black people. We're proud yeah. of the black people. Yeah. You know, and we want to hold them to the same standards as us. This is what the African girl told me in Hawaii. She got Wanda from Uganda. And, and this one was, she was so damn smart. It was like, yeah. I was having a conversation with, you know, one of the smartest dudes I've ever met, but it was a girl from Uganda. Okay. She knew more than I, any American I've ever known about oh, our history politics? and everything. Yeah. She goes, well, we, we got a good education. You know, we were educated under British stuff, you know? Yeah. I go, fuck, man, you're, you're one smart little bugger, you know? <laughs> doesn't matter about your race you know yeah yeah i mean there's differences in, in, in all of us but but i mean you know it, it just depends what you're taught and in the 70s they had this thing with um they lowered the standards for everybody um it, it was um they they had this ebonics thing where, oh right. we'll just let them if if my teachers told me hey john you know don't worry you're a surfer right Right. You just speak surfer language because it's what you do. Okay? And if I was taught surfer language and I ta- and I went around the rest of my life going, hey, bro, what's happening, dude? All right. You know, like, well, wait a minute. You know, that's not holding me to a high standard. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, 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 oh, what is your culture? No. We, we, we want equality. Everybody held to the same standard, which is the high standard. We don't believe in equality. We believe in excellence. I believe in the individual. I believe in everybody. I believe everybody, if they apply themselves, can get out their ass. I don't I, care what yeah. race you are. I don't I care where you come from. Yeah. You got it in you. Right? I wish people think like that. And, 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 and I don't know if I'm making much sense right now, no, but, you are, but yeah. I saw a different. Yes, are. Yeah. I saw a different. different you, thing you, you, you saw there. you saw the full uh, the full image then and the full image now. Like you, you know, you've been there. Yeah, I think it's gone backwards, it. man. I, I think I think backwards. we're going. I think we're becoming what everybody was complaining about. We're going. I agree with you. We are going backwards, and I think. I don't know. I I think this. Uh, my opinion is sparked. I mean, if it was all, racism was always here, but it sparked up. Um, I'm gonna pause this podcast right here because part two is coming soon. Stay tuned.